You're listening to a podcast from Community Radio 3RRR in Melbourne, Australia. You're listening to the Breakfasters podcast for the week 19th of September to the 23rd of September. Highlights this week, we had a great chat about the perils of buying and selling secondhand and the weird things that can happen around that. Also, uh, old favourite Dave Lawson came in to give us some tips, hot tips for school holiday activities. We also had a bit of a chat about what happens when you can't convince someone you're telling the truth because they think you're a dirty, rotten liar. (laughs) And uh, Kelly from Camp Cope came in to talk about the new campaign, It Takes One, which is aimed at creating safe spaces at gigs for women and other people. And this week, we've got to say uh, thanks to Toby Halligan for filling in for Jeff Sparrow. He did a very good job. Following on from a string of high-profile incidences of sexual assault and harassment at gigs, Camp Cope have brought together a top cast of Australian bands and labels with the aim of stopping sexual assault and harassment at shows by launching the campaign It Takes One. Uh, this, The idea of this campaign is that it only takes one person to call out gross behaviour and initiate change and it only takes one person to stuff it up for everyone. Here to talk about that with us now is Camp Cope's Kelly Dawn Helmrich. Hello. How are you going, Kelly? I'm good. How are you? Very good. Thanks for coming and joining us. I suppose, uh, so, because I didn't explain that particularly well, could you tell us a little bit about this campaign? So I guess the campaign was a way for um, all the artists to come together and really make a a clear message about how we felt about the incidents occurring at shows. Um, we were seeing constantly it was happening at our shows and then we were talking about it online and they were turning into articles but then it seemed to be going nowhere. Mm -hmm. So what we wanted to do was just come together and try and make a positive step forward and and just letting people know where we stand on it and getting people that maybe not necessarily talk about it on the internet to start talking about how they feel about it too. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, there's been some really high-profile incidences recently. Earth Earth Boy came out and spoke about something that happened at his show, something happened at Spider Beat. Uh, do you, have you found that it's happened at your shows? Because that would really surprise me if people were going to camp cope shows and being idiots. Yeah, so that's how it kind of all started. It happened at our show at Brisbane in Crowbar. And um, that's when it really clicked over in our heads that if this was happening at our shows, then it's probably happening across the board and maybe we just haven't heard about it yet. How was it brought to your attention at your show? I was actually, I could see uh, from stage, and I didn't have a mic, so I couldn't call it out straight away, but I could see um, just a circle of people looking really upset and bothered. And I couldn't actually see what was going on, but just the ripple effect of people being really uncomfortable and then as I looked closer they were being kind of pushed forward and shoved forward by this like one or two guys that were like kind of keen to get to the front but also just like wanting to kind of push rather than dance and things like that and um one of the women from the show actually wrote an article about it explaining how uncomfortable she felt and how it was supposed to be this safe environment but then these people kind of ruined that for them and then that really opened our eyes that we need to be looking out for this everywhere, not just at the show, like not just at metal shows, not just at hardcore shows. It, it happens across the board. It's such a difficult space to kind of police as well because I know look, I was in mosh bits from the time that I was like 13 years old and I always felt like they were very masculine places to be. I always felt physically threatened and I always felt like I was, you know, at risk of being hurt at any point in time. But at the same time, I also felt like that was just what a mosh pit was. So, you know, like that's you go on a mosh pit, that's what you have to deal with. You know, you might get punched in the face, you might get kicked, someone might grab you in the thigh. How do you kind of strike the balance between 
I suppose, policing a space where people are expressing themselves and also making sure that people aren't getting hurt, that a kid like me can go into a mosh pit and not feel like she's going to get punched in the face. (laughs) I guess that's why we made a call for the audience to be really aware and that's where I guess the idea of It Takes One goes on to the audience as well, that if everyone is looking out for it and looking for negative behaviour or looking for someone looking upset and we're all supporting one another, then it's easy for all of us to kind of see what's going on and it's not just up to security, it's not just up to the band, it's up up to the venue, it's up to the audience and everyone, if everyone's looking out for it, um, it'll be easier to see. How important do you think it is to have... Um, so no, so the video that you've made has uh, like a pretty strong male presence in it. Mm-hmm. How important do you think that is? That was really intentional and when I put the email out, I tried to think um, of as many all-male bands as possible who had a predominantly male following because I feel like men have a really powerful voice in the music industry and they also need to be role modelling to their audience as well. They get looked up to a lot by their fans and I think... Um, that it would be really easy for maybe men to look at an all-male band and think, oh, they'd be cool with this. They'd probably get into a mosh and fight Mm. people or they wouldn't mind. They're just chicks or something. Well, I think that's why it was really important that they speak up on the issue. Um, You'll find that I think we certainly speak up for issues all the time regarding women's safety and things like that at shows, but the men usually don't. So it's like people knew, knew where we stood on the issue, but that it was giving them a platform to start talking about it too. And you've really got some blokey bloke bands, including the campaign <laughs> King Parrot, Friends Will Rom, um, the the dude from, yeah, there's lots of the dudes from Red Gum, uh, there's heaps in there. So you yeah. really did kind of like strike that balance. Mm. Luca Brasi, they, yeah. are, they are blokey shows if you've ever been to one of them. Mm. <laughs> and they're blokey shows, but the artists are so beautiful and so passionate totally. about this issue. And when we've been talking to them about it, Luca Brasi in, in, in particular, they were really passionate about getting that message across and they were feeling feeling really, really helpless about what was happening at their shows. Do you think bands now, like like those blokey bands, do you think now that they've been made aware more so of problems like this happening that they will call it out more so as they're on stage and they Mm. see it? Hopefully. Hopefully they can start... uh, Maybe other bands that aren't necessarily a part of the video but play with, like, Friends of Rom and play with King Parrot, they can start being more aware and looking out for it or start talking about it before the show even happens. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Because ultimately, is there any way of actually, like... Because I I don't know, you know, how you go about, like, what what the follow-up is, you know, like when you identify someone who's, say peed on a person in the crowd or because I remember when that happened after spider yeah. and there was literally a call out to try mm. to identify the guy like whether there's follow-up though do you know what I mean like does yeah. there actually need to be like like because this kind of crazy behavior mm. like seems like there, there should be that people should be kind of at times charged with crimes do you know what I mean like if you're peeing on someone yeah or you're gro- do you know what I mean like yeah. a lot of it's like it is a, a kind of criminal like does there need to be more follow-up do you think for I don't know whether it's venues or security like yeah. I, you know because I think like it's great the band's doing this and that's mm. a great first step but at the gig once you know the people who are grabbing them like with security guards are they just turfing them out or are they you know what I mean like yeah I hope, hopefully as more awareness goes into the issue, like if people are doing stuff that's against the law, they get charged for yeah. it. They get found and they get charged for it. Or if it's just negative behaviour that's just affecting everyone else's time around them, ban them from shows. Mm. Put mm. their picture there and say they're not allowed to come into this yeah. venue because but they I, do. But I think also, you know, you mentioned before, you know, it, with the thing that you saw, it, it, you had that bit of negativity and it had that ripple effect mm. through the crowd. But I think if you it, flip that on its head and you have a positive thing 
then that's going to ripple through the crowd. Yeah, so, I agree. Mm. And it's true because I know as a young kid in mosh pits where you did have someone show some kindness or people go, hey, step back, just like step back. It's mm. all it took with someone to go, hey, step back, there's a kid on the ground, you know, yeah. rather than keep pushing forward. Yeah. This is the difference that everyone kind of goes into this mindset that's like, oh, yeah, we're all here to have fun and mm. we can get a bit rough but just like keep your eyes open yeah. for people mm. and for each other. Yeah. yeah, It's one of the things you really notice at like gigs like Meredith or those kinds of like with the no dickhead pop, and that's not to say I'm sure Meredith isn't always perfect, but they try to cultivate that good vibe, like you say, you yeah. know, to ensure like there's like a subculture where everyone's kind of taken care of and we keep an eye on one another. Yeah, There actually has been um, a music, a live music roundtable with the work of Evelyn Morris um, from Pikelet and her listen group as well. And there has been kind of a task force launch to look into how maybe venues can apply certain standards, I suppose, for gigs as well. Do you think that will help if you have, if venues are kind of given a structure, say, from the government to say, you know, this is what your staff need to do when there's um, sexual harassment occurring or this is what your staff need to do when there's some kind of um, incident in a in a gig or whatever. Do you think that'll help? Yeah, 100%. I think if everyone's on board about um, being aware of what's happening and then trying to get it out of those venues. So, yeah, it comes down to education. So if you can educate as many people involved in a show as possible, then it's going to be a step forward. Mm. Can you remember what it was like when you first started going to shows, like how you felt? Yeah, you you feel, I, I think especially as a woman, when you go into a show, especially one that's so packed like that and people are very physical, you feel like maybe that you don't deserve the space. Like, oh, I can't <laughs> be here because I can't stand my own. Mm. And it's still like that now. Um, I remember we played a sh- we played a show in in Bendigo with our friends the Bennies and we wanted to stand up the front and we were getting pulled back and pulled back and shoved and I was like no we deserve to be here as much as you this is even our show how dare you pull me back it's yeah. like that Kathleen Hannah girls to the front mm. come on get up the front yeah yeah mm. exactly mm. <laughs> um, so if people want to kind of be a part of this or support the campaign mm-hmm. what can they do um, we've been asking people to keep submitting videos, keep um, writing about their own personal experiences, I think are really important. I think a lot of the feedback have been from people saying, oh, I've never seen this happen at our shows. This doesn't really happen. This is rare. It happens once in every while. So I think, um, and that's just not true because yeah. it's, it's so common and I think people, more people speak out about it and their personal experiences, um, it'll raise more awareness. Is it a website or a Facebook page? I realise that I don't have the information or people should just, should people just go to Camp Cope's Facebook no. page? <laughs> <laughs> you get well, yeah, come to our Facebook page. But, um, yeah, you can you can share your stories on the link. You can create posts and, like, share them yourselves. I mean, the internet's such a beautiful place. Like, you can contact Tone Death, like, Blunt's been behind it, all the news places for yeah. music as well. But if you start with the hashtag, it takes one. Yeah, exactly. there is a hashtag, yeah. it takes one. Yeah. Uh, thank you so much. We've been speaking to Kelly Dawn. Helmerich, um, so I don't know why I'm so scared of your last name, which isn't that hard to pronounce, um, from Camp Cove about the It Takes One campaign to try and stamp out people being dickheads really at gigs and initiate some change in our gigging culture. Thank you very much for coming in today. Uh, some of you may be aware it is school holidays at the moment and if you do have children that are school age, you'll understand that this week and the next can be the worst. Here to give us some tips <laughs> for when your kids start whining, I'm bored, 
is everyone's favourite Dave, Dave Lawson. Oh, thanks, guys. Everyone's favourite Dave. 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 There's so Winning many Daves. There is so many Daves there are. flying around. I think there's like, for the minute. like that classic stat that there are more Davids at the head of companies than there are women, like or some weird thing, like in Australia. So you guys... Need, don't need that. Dave's <laughs> don't, <laughs> sorry, Dave. Yeah. You're part of the patriarchy. You're part of the Daveriarchy. The Daveriarchy, did you say? Yeah, the Daveriarchy. Yeah, it is school holidays. And as someone said, suggested, would you like to do a school holiday segment? I was like, of course I would. I love school holidays. I've, you know, I've got a five-year-old and I'm full of activities. But then I realised I actually don't like school holidays either because it's full of people. Yeah. You know, yeah, and this busy. is the septa- this is the big one. This is the, yeah. the the agricultural shows on. Are they still call it the agricultural. No, show? they haven't called they call it that since 1922, Dave. What do they call it? What? Just, just really? the Melbourne show. Really no, I don't know. How long have you been alive for? <laughs> 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 a long, long time. <laughs> uh, the, the Melbourne show will do. It was the Melbourne show, and I looked at that, and I, re- I look. I went there maybe twice. I think the first time I went there was when I was ten, and I saw the world's longest car. Really, that's pretty cool. That's pretty good. How long? Yeah, it had a. Uh, uh, putting green on it and a swimming oh, pool. Man. So I was brought in 10. This was in what? the 80s. <laughs> I love how your way of remembering how long it was well. If you take a putting green and add it to a swimming pool and uh, then it was add a bit more It have one of those on it. I think it had a cinema in it and everything. So, I mean, you remember oh, wow. these things. It's memories. You're, you're paying for <clears> memories. But then I look, went, well, what's the show cost these days? Because back then it was probably, I think it was two bucks to see the car. Yeah. And that's, you know, can't put a price on memories. No, that's true. Well, you've got your value for money out of this memory already, haven't you? And this was like, so you look at it, and I look up, it's a a bit of fun, and if you've got a, you know, bit of cash flying around, you should go, but show bags, guess what you're paying for a show bag? Tell us, I want to know. Well, your birdie beetle's still $2. Oh, yes. That was always my favourite. That's good, that makes me happy. You're paying up to twenty six bucks for one of the the top end ones. What's in twenty what is in a twenty six dollar? A cap. A cap. That's good. Yeah. A cap. A 26 like bucks. A, you can get a, I think they've got the football club ones. You might get a cap and a mm. lanyard and oh. maybe a torch or something. Yeah, right, and, and a lot of candy still. Is that the still you the get, stuff? You get your candy bags. Oh, yeah, I remember there bags. seemed to be like weird candies, and but there were always bad candies in some of them, do you yeah. know what I mean? You'd yeah. feel pretty rorted. My, yeah. my favourite bit of every school holidays at this time of the year was getting the show bag lift out, getting the $15 from my dad and him saying, there you go, sit down and you circle... You know, you yep. carefully etch out that 15 bucks into yeah. as many show bags as you could. But 26 bucks. Yeah, well, it's, and then you've got your rides between 5 and 20 bucks. $20 for one ride. That's what it says on the website. Each. Between 5 and 20. I know what you, it must be one of those that launches you into space if it's twenty bucks. It better yeah. be. It better be like you Elon Musk. Suborbital. Yeah, like yeah. Elon Musk had better be designing this, and Elon Musk had better be walking <laughs> in and say, "And on your right, you see yeah. Mars." You've got to do two days training before you exactly. go on the ride. Instead, it'll probably be something where you get whirled around, and the kid next to you vomits on you. Yeah. yeah. Well, that's right. So that's your twenty. Then you, then you got to get in. So you're not getting much change from each kid from 50 bucks. No, you're really not. Why not use that 50 bucks and make your own show bag? Imagine oh, yeah. what you could make for 50 bucks. Come on. Genius. Yeah. That's a brilliant idea. Yeah, you probably even have an iPad in it. Yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> you can make your own, you know, you make your own. I don't know where you get that iPad from. <laughs> I, go, I don't know. Yeah, yeah, 50 you bucks you buy a hammer, you break into, oh, sorry, no, don't do that. Don't ignore me. You break an enter <laughs> uh, show bag. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. So that's what I thought, like, rather than spending the money there, your kids might love to go and you might have a great family experience and, you know, you know, you, you won't get much change from a thousand bucks, probably though. No, yeah, no. You know, with your hot dogs and whatever. You I know, you could just, just to check out some bulls. And what some about chickens. for the thrill seekers that want to go on rides and well, stuff? Well, I thought about this. There's what a lot of people don't do a lot of these days is rolling down hills. Oh yes, that's a good Remember idea. Rolling down a hill. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Did it yesterday? Did you? Yeah. <laughs> so. <laughs> 
Once again, how old are you? Well, all ages, apparently. So if you want the show experience, if you want to get yourself sick, find a good hill. And there's a couple of great hills uh, around Melbourne. Oh. You go to the Children's Hospital, there's a park it's next to that, and it's got a huge... Huge mount, a huge mount on the top of it. You can see the city. You can see the well, the Melbourne Eye. What do they call that? The, the Southern, Southern Cross Wheel. Southern Star. Southern Star. I've you been can on see the that. Southern Star. And it's clean. It's there's no sharps. Uh, no dog. <laughs> I oh, see. Once, no, once, once, once you start mentioning that, there's no sharps. That's the. It's, it's a ride called the Porcupine. <laughs> it's not. It's not the, you might get a bit of grass itch, but that's where you need to uh, tuck your. Just keep your skin covered. Because yeah. that's your skin the grass has important. small serrations on it, and it will cut you like glass. <laughs> <laughs> uh, look, guys, on the other, on the other hand, maybe go to the Melbourne no, show no, and just know, spend some money. It's not, it's not huge. You're not cutting I yourself understand. open. You know, you, that's why you get grass itch. Comprende. Yeah. Um, so just There's tuck your pants one, into your socks. Um, at, at Bearing Mar, you know the, the that's the next. Uh, you already oh, had that on oh, there. It's great. But it's good. It's it's also fun as well because there's a concrete path down the bottom of it, so that's fun to watch the kids roll roll down off there. onto the path and yeah. into the arrow. <laughs> <laughs> that's the, I mean that's the thing about the the children's hospital. Well, apart from the fact that it's got the children's hospital right next door to it in case of emergencies, um, you've also it's got no path to roll onto. Mm-hmm. Like you bear on really good. Uh, the MCG's got another great. So you can do a rolling well, walk if you oh. want to go from Flinders Street. <laughs> Yeah, along past Birrong Mar, yeah. roll down that. There's another couple of great hills, and get to the MCG. You, I don't know what gate it's outside, but yeah, there's a. You l- keep the hoon going, you know. Yeah, keep, yeah. Keeping the rolling round going, the MCG is hard. The other benefit of being near the children's hospital is meerkats too. So if you oh, know yeah. child, it, so what happens oh, wow. is you go down, you go down the hill. Child gets injured. Yeah. Hospital's right there, and meerkats. So they want to have a good day too, even yeah. if they've got a bit of a busted. No, leg. not only that, the park next to the children's hospital is a great park to go. Yeah. Down. Is it? I and didn't even know. I actually, oh, I, don't, I have passed it before. I don't think I've ever been into oh, it. It's really good. I might roll down a hill there today. Um, so you got your rolling. And there's a couple of others where someone, my mate, reckons the eastern side of Fairview Park has an extreme double black run. <laughs> he reckons it's a big straight gradient with a path and gutters at the end of it. Uh, so look, let's go. That's really for, that's only for children who you know you yeah. need a bit of equipment to do that. Look, yeah, exactly. If you've rolled, I think there's um, and Jacob's Reserve in Millville Road has got some nice family rolls. So maybe start up there. It's got some sort of slightly less gradients. Yeah, what about um, rolls for for older people? Do you know what I mean? Like for for you know, like if you're going out with Granny, like are there any rolls you'd recommend mm, for the soft incline? Mate, it's yeah. school holidays, not retirement home holidays. Well, my, my, no. Maybe, well, I don't know. I see where coming from. If, yeah, if the grandparents on, are saying, what do you want to do? It's like, I want to go rolling. Yeah. Oh, okay. You go, right. oh, oh, I'm not going to hit up. I, mean, I don't think we should be ageist here. I don't think we should work on the you, want, you probably want a soft ground. It's nothing Very too compact. Ground. So yeah. maybe you want to head down towards the um, sand belt area. Yeah, right. Maybe yeah, get a nice little, you know, somewhere, somewhere around there. And look, and guess what? In looking up these rolling hills, I thought I'd Google rolling hills of Melbourne. Nothing came up. But there's an anti-gravity hill in Woodend. Oh, my gosh. Where stuff rolls uphill. Oh, yes, I do know. It's the magic road. My dad, I, yeah. I, I had a farm in Woodend and my dad used yeah. to take me there. Yeah. It's a magic road. And stuff goes uphill. Don't tell people about it. I thought Hold it was a, a secret. It is a secret, but do you want me to tell you where yeah, it is? Yeah, go and tell it. You <laughs> yeah, can Woodend. tell it exactly Straws where it is. Straws Lane in Woodend. It is Straws Lane. Okay. Straws Lane in Woodend. I feel like I, I'd like a... What? Bit, what, what, what is, it's what a is magic, the anti-gravity? It's a magic road. So, well, Dave, do you want to <laughs> describe it? Well, I found this because I typed in Rolling Hills and it said Anti-Gravity Hill and I was like, where is it? And it's in Melbourne. 
it's in Woodend, so it's Straws Lane. I don't know. Look, you can probably get it's the Melways out. If you go it. towards Hanging Rock, so if yeah. you yeah. kind of pull off the freeway and you go over the freeway towards Hanging Rock, yeah. Hanging Rock, you pull off to the right and you go about a kilometre down the road and you don't know, there's nothing that marks it, but yeah. if you know where it is, you know where it is. Cars roll uphill. You roll backwards what up the hill. What is going on? You roll back- People a- disappearing near the Hanging Rock, yeah. anti-gravity mm-hmm. hills. What's happened near this there? This is true. Do you know why that's oh funny? My because my dad took me there a lot as a kid because we yeah. had a farm nearby and I feel like that was his school Oh, let's go to the bloody hill again, and we just roll up this hill for hours. <laughs> it's great, though, yeah. isn't, it? isn't that amazing? Yeah. I've never heard of this. So it's actually go- just a—it's a magic eye. So it's what's what do you call it? Not a magic uh, it's eye. It's an optical illusion. Optical illusion is the word I'm looking for. I prefer the explanation up until this point. I'm going to uh, shut this off and just prefer the anti-gravity hill. Well, that's yeah. what it's called—the anti-gravity hill. So, hey, that would be great. So you take a—you could take a picnic yeah. to Hanging Rock. Yeah. Spook the kids out a bit about <laughs> yeah, the story. So out. people yeah. go missing, and, and so, here's a hill that rolls up. Up, yeah. up now. Behave yourself for the rest of the holidays or I'm leaving you here. Yeah, exactly. So it's like, okay, kids, yeah. remember everything I've taught you up until this point in life, forget it. Okay, you well, know? So that's, um, that's Straws Lane um, in Woodend, if you want to, uh, but it is supposed to be a, a, a secret. It's not, a, it's not an attraction. No. It's, <clears throat> keep that quiet. But thanks for destroying So don't go mine. there. So don't go there is what we're saying because Dave, Dave and his but family But also with the family, I think it's not like cars will zip past on that road. Yeah. It looks like oh, there's videos. You can go online and watch the videos of yeah. bottles rolling uphill. Balls rolling uphill, cars yeah. rolling uphill, whatever you want. Children rolling Ooh, uphill. Rolling, yeah. Yeah. Rolling, yeah. No, but be careful, it's not a closed-off road. No, no. Uh, and cars will come zipping down there. So uh, you want to watch that. Uh, otherwise, you've got... The other thing I love in holidays, and this is open on Wednesdays, or during the school holidays tomorrow, is the Diamond Valley Miniature Railway. Oh. you ever been there? No, no. no. Oh, I've never been. You have to go there. It's I think it's about three bucks a ride, uh, and it goes round. It's like miniature... The steam, you got a steam miniature steam, and you ride on them. Yeah, mm. and they go through tunnels. <gasps> That's, what can you get in life for three bucks nothing. anymore? Not even yeah. that coffee there, nothing, Dave Wilson. Nothing, nothing for three bucks. That's quite That's all. It's just flat rate, three bucks. No adults, no concession f- fares or just three just bucks. Three for bucks. Everyone. You want it? Get on. How long's a ride go for? Oh, it's probably. It feels like it's about five ten minutes. It's long and it goes sort of mm, through little bridges and there's little boom gates that go down. Oh. And it's great. Oh. And they're, they're scale replicas. And there's a Grown up driving it oh, on the front, so head, head there. Otherwise, you've got the museum, which is not bad. Mm. Be busy. Just yeah. yeah. always busy. would do with hanging out with my niece and nephews, just to go on the train. We get on the train and just go around the loop and get back off again and walk home. They, they love that, don't they? They love it. Really? Just, just mm. get a Mikey card. Yeah. <laughs> And go wherever. Well, just you could get a Mikey yeah. where, like, way cheaper than a show bag, cheaper than a bloody ride, and the ride will take you places. That's what yeah. I, well, here's what you can do. You get a bag in it. You get a Mikey card, mm-hmm. an iPad. A meerkat? <laughs> Put a meerkat in there? A meerkat? Yeah. All for 50 bucks. But you could make, maybe a make a public transport, a public yeah. transport show bag, which yeah. has got some snacks for the day, mm-hmm. uh, and a map. Of all the rolling hills. Of all the rolling yeah. hills. Go on a rolling tour. Yeah. Oh, Get out to Woodend. Could, could, could you Mikey it out to Woodend? <laughs> nah, you have to change the V-line at, I think, uh, uh, Summary. And then that the anti-gravity hill's not that easy to get to either, is it? No, nah, a bit of a hike. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Well, no, it's, it's a That's a couple of days. You might, yeah. need, a kid, you might need to drive. <laughs> I mean, teach your kid to drive. That's the teach your kid to drive. That's the other thing. Dave Lawson, thank you so <laughs> much for coming in okay. and sharing your tips on school holidays. Go rolling. It's been wonderful. Go rolling. Hashtag go rolling. <laughs> um, so, guys, last night I um, I I'm a good boyfriend. Yeah, yes. I've been you know boyfriend. I've got to I've got to admit about we've been learning from 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 your people. 
Jez, the 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 lesbians. Yes. And so he your bought people. Your people. <laughs> <laughs> the lesbians. I, I hope I haven't offended a lot of people there. I love that's anyway, whatever. Said out of affection. Um and uh, he bought a sideboard. He just he's moved because he's, he's just kind of moved back from overseas. So he's only been in Melbourne for like six seven months. So he's been buying a bit of furniture, and he needed um, some furniture for his place. And he bought this huge sideboard. And we just had to go on this mission post work where you got to go and you got to get a van, and then you pick up the van, right? And you pick up the van from man, you know, like from a car next door type service. And then we met this dude in Thornbury, and then we gave him two hundred fifty dollars cash, and. He took us up to this apartment, right? But it was all dark. Like, there was no power in the apartment. Did you think you were going to get murdered? Well, it was a little like, why is there no power in this apartment? Well, he's moving out. No, he's not, though. Oh. He wasn't, well. though. It wasn't his apartment. <laughs> yeah. like, yeah, I manage all these apartments. And you're like, oh, my God, what's happened here? And then we carried the sideboard down. And, was it heavy? Oh, was it really heavy because oh, it was full of dead bodies? Oh, that was exactly <laughs> it. And I opened it. Just and it was arms. Filled with dead bodies and <laughs> cups of wee and weird things like that. I don't know why. <laughs> Anyway, why are you leaving cups of wee? Oh, that's a story I've got to tell about. I worked in a nursing home once, if I ever refer to cups of wee, and cups of wee became a framing narrative of my existence. Um, <laughs> uh, I'm not even kidding. Um, that's a real thing. Anyway, it was kind of fascinating, though, this the, the secondhand furniture market and buying things secondhand, like, because it's a weird kind of world, because, you know, there's, like, the, the gum tree thing and we all of a sudden, like, because it is kind of a completely new thing here. Like, obviously, back mm. in the day, you might have gotten stuff secondhand from shops or you might have found Trading out post. that Rodney down the road's getting rid of a cabinet. I'll go and get the cabinet. But whereas this is now, it's so easy, but you just connect up with complete randos. It is. Like, there you... is every time I buy something on a gum tree or whatever, I think... I'm in horror. I'm waiting for the moment. We recently sold a vinyl player on on Gumtree and a person came to our house and he was a lovely man. There was nothing wrong about him. But the whole time I was like, we're going to get attacked. Like he came into the house, he wanted to try out the vinyl player. There's something weird and intimate about it. Yeah, it's like, you're in here. People I have no idea who you are. strangers yeah. into your home. Yeah. And like once we sold, well, actually my girlfriend sold a, a, a piece, she, her and her partner were selling a, this big kind of, piece it doesn't matter what it was it's got nothing to do with the story but this man turned up and he'd said yeah i'm going to be there i'm going to buy it and he turned up and he's like all right 50 bucks less and she's like what do you mean we've agreed to this price now 50 bucks left or nothing like got really aggressive and yeah but apparently that's a new thing as well with this like whole kind of really yeah to to kind of turn up and then kind of bargain on the doorstep really yes well get stuffed you're not getting it so yeah yeah goodbye (laughs) what did she do that well, she ended, she? Up, she ended up negotiating with him because she just didn't oh. know what to do. She was so affronted by this guy. I would have just booted him, seriously. We should name and shame that loser. <laughs> what a bad bloke. He was such a bad bloke. Such a bad bloke. Anyway, Man, I would totally just go, oh, well, sorry you drove out all this way to pick up that thing you're not getting now. Yeah. <laughs> you, see, you're like, but you know what? Often you just want to get rid of it. I think by the time yeah. something's on, you, you're kind of like, I just want you to take the damn the shelf or whatever. That, doesn't yeah. He? Oh, yeah. that really annoys me. Because, I mean, it's such a big world. Because I'm impulsive, yeah. Like, I was in Sydney and I bought... I was in a little antique store and the... The, the weirdest places are places that sell stuff from older states where they've just gotten everything from an older state, right? And so this place, like it was all this, it was an ex-Russian, like they'd been from the USSR and so there was all this awesome Russian stuff like proper wolf fur hats and wow. like all these weird things, right? And the thing I wound up buying, and this is one of the best things I own, was it was a babushka hedgehog 
ashtray from the Soviet Union in the 1950s. That's right? everything. And so it's like six little hedgehogs that are like made of cast iron piled onto one I another, right? I think if you looked up kitsch in the dictionary, there would just be a picture of that, that, it would be that, a picture, that hedgehog <laughs> babushka But ashtray. there would be a picture of me holding it yeah. next to my face going, hi, <laughs> right? But I took that back through. I only had checked baggage, so I didn't have checked baggage. So I took it back through the airport and the security guys like stopped it and pulled it out, right? And they were like, what's, what's this, mate? This looks like a weapon, <laughs> right? And they were taking each of the hedgehogs off and like trying to punch one another with it. And they're like, mate, you could take over the plane with this. And I'm like, no, it's a babushka hedgehog ashtray from the 1950s from the Soviet Union. And I'm gay, for God's sake. I'm gay. Look, look I'm going to be honest, if I could take over the plane with this, I can take over the plane with bloody anything, right? I And it eventually they got their manager down and he was like, really? he was like yeah, yeah, this took like 10 minutes and people were like glaring at me being like, wow. what's this dodgy guy doing? And I was like, the manager came down and said, what's this? And I said, it's a babushka hedgehog ashtray from the 1950s. It's an antique. And he said, oh, sure, mate. We hear that all the time. And I was like, what? Do you really, do you really hear that sentence? Oh, it's a babushka hedgehog ashtray <laughs> from the 1950s. I'm just trying to smuggle something onto the plane to take it over and hijack it and make it make you take me to an antique fair because that's what I'd do with a plane if I hijacked it. I'd My make people goodness. take me to a trash and treasure somewhere. But, you know, people are pretty weird about it. Yeah, antiques. Antique dealers are like crazy. So when we uh, we had to sell our farm a few years ago, and it was quite sad. We had to clear out lots of sheds, mm. but we had all these old sheds locked up that Dad had had locked mm. up for years that it turns out were full of old you know, furniture and a lot of it, you know, we were passing on to people, but we had such a huge amount. At, we, at the end of the day, we ended up putting a lot of it out the front of our farm. Some of, you know, some of it we kind of sold, but not really kind of quite half-heartedly. Mm. We just wanted it to go to a good home. Mm. But whilst we were in the process of doing this, we were piling stuff up, you know, kind of behind the fence at our farm and, and, and you know, we'd have bits and pieces. And we woke up in the middle of the night once to find people who'd come in, who were in, like, had climbed our fence and were going through these piles of antiques. And we said to them, we're like, what are you doing? And they're like, oh, we just like to get in early. And they were just this couple who drive around, like, to places like our farm with this big station wagon just but how did picking they know through things. You had, were you having a garage sale the next I, day No, I think the word got out that, like, we had been clearing stuff out. This okay. is what I mean. They're, it's like a weird grapevine That's super of weird, weirdos who drive around. There's probably and, a subreddit on it. Yeah. <laughs> oh, really would my be. goodness. But how strange is that? Like, yeah. apparently, And apparently they all compete. They're all driving around from, like, farm to farm trying to get in first to get, like, the best antiques. Mm. Wow. Do, you reckon, do you reckon Antiques Roadshow has kind of amped that stuff up? Like, there's this dream that, yeah, you'll find this little yeah. candelabra and it'll be worth a million dollars. No, you, you know? I think it's more of those American pickers shows that, or those reality yeah, right. shows on Mate. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Talk about it. Uh, do you know, uh, when, Kath, <clears throat> when we got the beach house, we've got a beach house in Venus Bar. I don't know if I've mentioned that before, but got a beach house. We furnished that house <clears throat> for less than, for just, sorry, about $1,000. So we furnished a three-bedroom house for $1,000 through picking up things on the side of the road and donations and gum tree. A lot really? of gum tree, which meant that I did a lot of being a very good lesbian and travelling <laughs> around <laughs> with my partner. Have I said, is that a really bad thing I've said there? No. <laughs> well, she's embraced it, so. <laughs> yeah. Okay, good. Uh, it was said with love, and I understand mm. that. But. No. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. It's going to be awkward off trouble. mic. I'm going to be getting letters. Oh, no. I've really messed it up. So, but the worst part of doing that is, you know, doing the travel, is when you get to someone's house, when you've got to walk into someone's house and go, yeah, yeah, yeah the windows are out the back. 
and then Kath will go get the car and then it's just me standing with an old guy in his garage just waiting for Kath to back the car. You're like the best person I know at small talk. I think you'd be re- I think if anything people could hire you you'd out to go around and be that person who stands awkwardly with people during gum tree purchases. I love yeah, that idea. Nice day, isn't yeah. It? yeah, this is Geraldine. <laughs> She's here to make small talk. She's going to talk yeah. to you while yeah. I load this into the car. Oh, I've noticed you've got 22 North Melbourne caps up on you. You're a fan of the Kangas, are you? Why is that? What's going on here? Yeah, there you go. Got a big rifle collection. What's that all about? Yeah, moving on. Oh, I'm going to die. Oh, no. So, I went to the gym a couple of days ago, two days ago now, because I'm getting good on you, mate. For summer. It's good. Thanks. And at my gym, they have these lockers that you lock with a card. So they're like an electronic kind of. You swipe your card and go, beep, and they lock. Oh, your gym card. Yeah, I've got that at my gym. Yeah, very fancy. And I, I'm, I struggle with with them a little bit. That that's fine. So I went in the other day and I tested one first because often they don't work. And I locked it and then it wouldn't open again. And I was like, oh, lucky I didn't put my stuff in there. Then I went to another locker, oh. put my stuff in that one and locked it. So I've locked two lockers by this stage. And when I come out, I go to the front desk and I. When I come out, I'm all dazed and confused from working out so damn hard that I forgot which locker my stuff was in. And I went to the front desk to the girl and I said, oh, I've locked two lockers and I can't remember which either of them were. I can't remember which two lockers I've locked and I don't know which one has my stuff in it. And the girl at the front desk goes, that's impossible. I said, no, but I did it. Like I locked two lockers and I just was wondering if you could swipe my card and tell me which locker... I've locked, or which two lockers I've locked. Um, just letting you know that it is impossible to lock two right lockers. Just and I'm like, all right, you're being very rude, and there's a little bit of attitude, and I feel a little bit intimidated by you. And I said to her, but I did, but I mm. did. Like, I've locked two. I don't know what to tell you. Mm. I've, done, I've done this. And she <clears> swipes my card, and she goes, there you go. Locker number 42 is the one that you've locked. <gasps> and I thought, oh, I'm oh. so angry. I don't know. I don't know why the machine was telling her that I hadn't locked two lockers. And, I, and then I start going, oh, trying to overcompensate. So I'm like, I definitely did lock another one. It's just jammed or something. And I start kind of babbling. You know, when you're in that kind of, yeah. I was so, but she was so smug and I just couldn't, I was so angry that she just didn't Plus believe me. I know, I know. Oh, no. And there I was, was sweaty and gross and <laughs> not quite as buff. And I, I, you know that feeling though where you actually know something to be true but all the evidence and everything the person is saying to you goes yes. against you? Mm. It's, yes. It is like, under, I forgot how frustrating it was. I felt like a child, like I wanted to stamp my foot. Yeah, yeah. 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 And, and the more, you know, you're trying to, the more guilty you look totally. as well. And just like a bit of an ass. Yeah. I thought if I protest this anymore, I look like the ass, even though I'm definitely the one in the right. Yeah. yeah. Mm. I've, um, I have a weird ongoing version of this that is slightly <laughs> different where people don't believe I'm gay. I've done like entire <laughs> festival shows where I've talked in like at length about boyfriends and have told like long satirical bits about homophobia and personal experiences with it. And I overheard two girls leaving my last festival show say, do you reckon he's actually gay? Oh. Nah. <laughs> I think what? it's an act. And I was like, why... What are you talking about? Like, no, why? See, you need more evidence, Tobes. I've just got you to just have need sex more with a man on stage, <laughs> yeah. I think. I still what don't do you... think that'd be enough. No. What do you reckon you... it is, though? Uh, I don't know. I mean, it's hard. It's hard for me to judge. I think I've always been. See, I don't think I'm particularly straight acting, but I don't think I'm particularly camp. I, I, no. I just don't think I fall into what people archetypally think of 
Well, mm. naturally, when they think of a as a gay man, you've been known to wear Crocs. I've worn. Cro- I like Crocs, but I'm not that's making either, any. That's either dad or gay. You I'm, know? I'm not making. I'm not making any apologies for that either. I like oh, Crocs. I don't own some right now, but I'm going to go and buy some today just to confound your expectations, <laughs> right, folks. Sarah, I'm very. I'm so. I hate Crocs. Like Crocs the are so good. No. they are such good shoes. Don't know that we can. They be are such high quality utilitarian <laughs> shoes. Oh my god! What is you? T- it's just you're squelching what, around in what, these. What are they? What do you have? They don't even look like a shoe. What do you have against the kitchen workers of the world? Because they are a oh, convenient everything. shoe to wear in the kitchen. They are great. They're what, easily cleaned. What happened to get, a Doc Martin? Just if, chuck on a Doc Martin. When I used to oh. work, when I used to work at a, a nursing home when I was nineteen, <laughs> I, I like we'd wear Crocs in the. Ki- Some people would wear Crocs in the kitchen because you could. You needed hard shoes, but they were ha- kind of hard Crocs. And the great thing is, if someone peed on your feet, has happened. And it go into your foot because there's open holes in but it. But then you can take it outside and you can hose it off. <laughs> I just love a shoe you can apply a high-powered hose to. You could do the same thing to a boot without getting a wee on your foot. No, you can't. The boot's done. If someone pees on your boot, your boot's gone. The boot's gone. One, it's done. One time when I was a kid, I went to I went to one shop and bought some. I bought a Mars bar from the shop, and then I I panicked and went. I'd and left. Like bought the Mars bar, left and went. I don't think this is enough. I want more. Treats didn't want to go back in, so went to another shop. Went to the fish and chip shop around the corner and was having a look in there for their lollies and stuff. And then uh, I paid for my lollies and they go and the Mars bar and I go, oh no, I bought that from the other shop, but had no proof of it. <gasps> and and you know, it was and only... as a kid, that's horrifying because yeah. no mm. one believes a kid. Yeah, exactly. Mm. And they're like, no, 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 you you took this. I'm like, no, no, no I bought it. I bought it from the shop around the corner. And, of course, they, they'd be like, well, what are you doing coming in here buying all this? Because he's shamed into your <laughs> Yeah. I know, but, like, yeah. And did, and did you take him around to the other shop? No, no, no. They just let me go. But they were very, They looked at me with shifty eyes. They were like, oh, you're yeah. shifty. You've, we'll let you let you get away with it this time. But we know that you stole that Mars bar. Oh. But I looked back at them with my eyes saying, I didn't. I bought no. it from the shop around the corner. I mm. feel like this is a massive fear of mine. I think I've spoken about this on air before. I can't remember. But at school, teachers never believed me when I... Because I think I yes. was a good student, but I'd... I'd muck up a lot. So mm-hmm. I had this math teacher who has scarred me. I can't remember what his name was. I think it was Mr. Anderson. Well, I can't don't, remember. Maybe don't know him. <laughs> no, no. Oh, yeah, okay. No, well, well, yeah, so well should so I not talk about it then? Defi- no, no, you should talk about it, but I wouldn't name him necessarily. <laughs> oh, okay. Well, no. Well, just kind of, you know, you freaked me out, you you're lawyer. Gonna, you're not going to get sued. <laughs> no. You don't need to worry about being sued, but... but yeah. Oh, well, he, I, don't, I can't even remember what his name was. Let's call him Mr. T. <laughs> 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 uh, I pity the Sarah. Uh. And uh, Mr. T, used to, I used to, I was not very good at maths, so I just didn't enjoy it very much. And yeah. he, and because of that, I talked a lot in class, but I was very good at my other <clears> subjects. And I was just a bit, I, I was a shit, I admit it, and it was hard for him to deal with me because I'd be like, whatever, why mm. do you even need maths? And I once did very, very well on a maths test and because I'd actually studied for it and I thought, I know that if I apply myself, I can do this. And then when I got my results back, he said to me, oh, that's very good, but um, who were you sitting next to? <gasps> How mean is that? And I said, oh, you know, yeah, my friend. And he goes, yep, 
yeah, it's interesting that you got such a good mark when you're sitting next to her. And I just was devastated. And I was like, I didn't cheat. I didn't cheat. I just studied really hard. I said, and that has, I think that set me up for this life oh. of being like scared when people don't believe me, really mm. freaking out because there's nothing yeah. you can do in that situation to convince that no. person. They've made their mind. And I can understand why he thought that because I'd been, there's nothing I'd done in that class previously to make him think that, you know, I was a good it. student. Mm. Yes, but it's mm. scarring. Yeah. Oh. It's kind of like bullying from a teacher as well. Do you know what I mean? Like, unless, did he call you on it? Did he actually change the mark? Or did he just no, say it in no, a no, passive, no, aggressive, he just, mean No, he just way? insinuated it. What a mean man. Oh, don't say that about Mr. T. He was very nice. <laughs> well, no, I don't think he was. <laughs> he didn't wear Crocs, that's for sure. Oh, well, must be okay then. This has been a podcast from 3RRR 102.7 FM in Melbourne. Truly independent community radio. Want to hear more? Check out our website at rrr.org.au.